there are so many Rondo misconceptions out there. I've heard from a lot of coaches both sides. The first is Rondos are terrible. You should never use Rondos. Rondos don't do anything. And then I've heard the opposite side, which is Rondos are everything. Rondos teach every single part of the game and, and, and we can use them to do everything. And, and the truth is both are wrong. And after doing this Barcelona course, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the differences today. I'm going to go into that in the next couple of weeks as well. But today, I'm really going to bring the foundations of what a Rondo is and the difference that it has between the three other things that, until now, I've considered a Rondo myself. Prepare for a soccer coaching revolution. Come with me on a journey to discover the latest methods, techniques, and tactics that will transform you into a more effective coach, player, or soccer parent. Whether you're a seasoned coach or a beginner, growth never stops. I'm Sagev Rabinovich, and this is Soccer Coaching Mastermind. Well, we're now into the grind of winter, uh, into the winter season. It's seeming like the teams are starting to get into a groove, um, some teams more than others. I can really start to see improvements in certain teams, uh, and that's been really great. So for this past weekend, we had four games, our 2013s played, our 2015s, 2011s, and 2010s. Our 2013s and our 2011s played at the same time. So I coached the 2011s who played a really, really good game. This is a team that is brand new this year. Uh, We have all but, I want to say, one player that has been with us for more than a season. So it's a completely new group of players, and we've gotten some good players as well, Uh, some players that are very, very raw, uh, didn't really have the technique. So to get them playing the way they are, um, was really great. They had, uh, let me just make sure I pull up the stats here, but uh, we had 68% possession uh, against the team that we played, which, you know, I, I've talked about the possession stat, and, and that's really great. But what I really, really liked was a different stat, and it was something that I think I spoke about last week, And again, I don't want to get too much into stats, but the pass strings. Now, the pass strings is the amount of passes that we put together before we lost the ball. So what was really great was that between three to five passes, so we connected with each other three to five times at 29 times. So we made three to five passes 29 times before we got the ball stolen from us, which is fantastic. And the reason it's fantastic is because of what we worked on this past week, which was the recovery part, which was when we recover the ball, we want to get three passes before we consider ourselves having possession. What does that mean? Possession is more position of possession. So getting big, getting big, everyone in their position so that we're ready to attack. Now, The reason it's three to five uh, is really because there are times when you don't need the three passes, right? And that's a counterattack. So if we're in their half, 
the, and we win that ball, we don't need the three passes, right? It's usually when we're in our half that we win it three quick one touch passes. And by that time, our players get into the shape and we're also attracting the other team at that same moment. And then we're able to get that ball up really quick. So by the fifth pass, we should be, especially when we're playing 6v6, we should be in the other half and we should be trying to find a way to score. Right? So it makes sense that by the fifth pass, you know, we try something, whether it's a 1v1 move, whether it's a shot, something that ends up in a turnover. Now, we uh, our longest passing streak was nine, which is usually when we're building out of the back and the other team is playing in a lower block. Sorry, a mid block, not or even yeah, a mid block. Um, and uh, we also made uh, six or more times. I can see this here. Uh, so four, four connected passes, eleven times. I have the stats here. Five connected passes, four times. Uh, six connected passes, three times. Seven connected passes one time and nine connected passes nine times. I mean, one connected pass, nine connected passes one time. So um, the stats are really good for this team. Now they don't have a goalkeeper. And what we faced was probably the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at this age group. Uh, he's really big, really good technically. Uh, so every shot. He was caught. I don't know if you've seen the movie. Um, what is this? Shaolin Soccer, where you know that the goalkeepers there like grab the ball with one hand like it's nothing. That's that's him uh, essentially. He's like a superhero in that goal. Uh, and we had that conversation before the game. You know, I told them, listen, this is a goalkeeper that shots are just not going to get through. So the one goal that we did have was a cross uh, on the ground. So we can call that a cutback and not a cross for an easy tap in. And uh, the goal that they scored was against uh, one of our players, right? Because we don't have a goalkeeper for that team. So um, it seems like every team is just kind of missing one part. uh, And that part, I think, would elevate us to, you know, a, a really incredible team. So I would say the... The 2013s that played, uh, they're missing another defender. Uh, the 2011s are missing a goalkeeper. The 2010s are missing a goal scorer. And the 2015s are really still just coming into that, uh, into the understanding of when we keep possession, when we go 1v1. It's a very selfish team, which makes sense. They're under nines, so I can understand that. Um and it really kind of depends who shows up that week for the 2015 game. So uh, overall, a really good weekend. I thought 2011s played well. The 2010s are playing a lot better. Um, again, we had opportunities, just couldn't finish. We're waiting for that goal scorer to come in. Um, but those are things that we're going to continue to train in our 1v1 session. So um, yeah, that was our weekend. Uh, this weekend, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit at the end, but... Essentially, we have our 20, our U11s, U12s, U13s, and U14s are playing. Three out of the four teams are actually playing one club. So we have that same club three times. It's a club that I really don't like. Don't like the way they interact with their players. Um, don't like 
uh, how they play. I, I, it's just not a club that I admire. Um, there are clubs that I really like uh, playing against, good coaches, good people. This is just not one of them. So uh, it's going to be that type of weekend, but that's okay. Uh, all part of the game. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be coming up this weekend. Now, I'll be honest, they do have really big, strong, physical players. And some of their players are also really good. They tend to do really well. Um, now, the players that they pick sometimes are a little not part of that age group. <laughs> um, so uh, it is what it is, but it's a great development opportunity for our players. So uh, excited for this weekend, seeing how we do against these teams that, you know, shouldn't really be in there, but uh, they are. So when we talk about rondos, I want to start talking about it from a different point of view. And they call it the stages of the process. So stages uh, before the game, right? So the game is for them, you know, obviously 7v7, 9v9, 11v11, 6v6. It could be small-sided. It could be even numbers, whatever that is. But that's the game. So before that, to get to the game, there are three different stages. The first stage is the rondo. The second stage is what they call position games. And the third stage is situation games. So today we're going to go through the rondos. Next week we'll go through position games. The week after we'll go through situation games. Um, and then I don't need to go through the game, but uh, that's how I'm going to structure it, right? Uh, last week I, I did talk about playing the Barcelona way. I did give you kind of the first one. Um, there are seven. I'll probably talk about that throughout um, as we continue that. But uh, this is really a big focus for me right now, um, specifically because this is something that changes the way that we do our rondos, right? Before we would just kind of put everything together. Um, and it's just really getting into the details, right? So this is what we do in our 1v1s. At first, when I first started doing 1v1s, it was just, let's go play, let's go do our 1v1s. But now, the way that we do it is a three-step process in our 1v1s. First, stationary, right? So, with no opponent, right? Which is coach at the front. We go through um, each player has a ball on a cone, and we break down the move to specific detail of what you should be doing at every moment, right? So we break the move down into, you know, sometimes even 10 different components. After that, we partner them up with a little bit of pressure. So they'll pass the ball, they'll attack the player, then they'll do the move, right? When someone isn't trying to actively get the ball from them. So they get that practice and repetition and making sure they're doing the technique right. And then only after that, do we get into the 1v1? So even our 1v1s, it's a three-step process. So for us, what we considered a rondo, right? We considered situation games a rondo, a position game a rondo, and a rondo is a rondo. That's just not right. So to be able to identify each part of that changes everything, right? So again, it's rondos, right? So rondos, we'll talk about that today. Position games and then situation games. So if you want to think about it logically, 
Rondo introduction, position games, introducing positions, right? So first we introduce Rondos, which are, you know, introducing passing, receiving, um, and I'll talk, uh, I don't really want to define it that way, but um, just for this purpose, position games, we're introducing our positions into the game, and then we're putting those positions and we're putting the skills of the Rondo into a game situation, and then from there, we're actually doing the game, right? So those are the four steps, right? Rondo, position, situation, the game, okay? So that's clear. Today we're focusing on specifically the Rondo. So I think I did the best that I possibly could explaining that. Um, so let's get into the Rondos. Now, obviously I can't go and just read out the definition of what it says in the course that's not allowed, copyright and, and all that. So I rewrote it um, and created kind of my own paragraph. So I'll read it for you now. This is the definition of a rondo. Uh, according to, to the Barcelona method, uh, just rewritten. So here we go. A rondo is a continuous game where players' positions are intelligently pre-established to foster effective and efficient interconnections among possessors. Beginning in the early stages, these exercises teach young players to occupy space logically and instill principles governing the internal dynamics of the game. This approach, rooted in intelligent space utilization, not only enhances players' connectivity, but also contributes to their understanding and application of fundamental principles, shaping their development in soccer from an early stage. Okay, that's what I came up with. Um, about rondos essentially if we summarize all that and summarize basically what they were saying is it's a game of space okay so we're not looking at players playing you know winger forward defense we're, we're not looking at that yet what we're really looking at is teaching the players from an early stage in their soccer journey how to use space the right way with teammates now within that there are lots of ways that we can improve how we see space right and we can improve that by improving the player's relationship with the ball and that's first second touch um, we can talk about uh, the body position of the player right so how they receive it with their body making sure our body is open using both legs uh, our ability to pass and receive, right? These are all parts of the Rondo that can elevate our understanding of space, right? Because if I have a good relationship with the ball, if I know how to receive the ball properly, if I know how to pass the ball properly, if my body shape is all great, then all that will actually make the ball movement a lot better. And as a result, it'll make the level of finding and the ability to find space a lot easier for me in that situation. Now, in the possess possession stage, excuse me, our usual Rondo focuses on keeping the ball. We've established that, Rondo keeping possession. But it's not just about stopping the others from taking the ball. Each player who's in the Rondo has to aim to be in a helpful position for their teammate. So when I'm passing, the goal is to assist the teammate in avoiding losing the ball. 
right? Not just avoid making a mistake yourself. Now to do this, there are two ways we can do that, right? So we can think about short passes, long passes, right? The traditional theory is that short passes are very risky, right? Because they're so close. But what we're doing with that short pass is we're attracting. We're attracting the defense, right? And the long pass we use to relieve the pressure, okay? So it's very important for players to understand those two relationships in the rondo, right? And how we can use the pass itself to relieve pressure and how we can use it to create pressure, right? And those are two really important concepts that we teach within our rondo and it's the attract, 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 relieve, 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 right? So that's something that we should be working on uh, within our rondos as well. Now, let's talk about how we can actually do this in the session. So it's very simple to understand the 4v2, right? Everyone square 4v2 players, north, south, east, west, uh, two players in the middle. And that's fine. But that doesn't really get to me the real essence of a rondo and and, and they start out with it right so they start out with a 4v2 they don't start them in uh north south east west they have them in uh in a square and uh you know they have a player on the left player on the right and one ahead is how they they talk about it but the next rondo for me is really what changed everything and it's a 4v2 plus one, okay? Now, traditionally, when I think of the plus one, I think of an extra neutral player in the middle. But in the Rondo, I wanna be super clear. There are no middle players. As soon as you introduce a central midfielder, then it becomes a position game, a positional game. So we're not there yet. So when you say 4v2 plus one, it's a different plus one. And that plus one is in a different square. So instead of having a one square, you have two squares and two squares together make a rectangle, right? So with that rectangle, it's a 4v2 in one square. And at any point throughout the possession stage, a player from that first square makes a pass to a player from another square, that one player that's completely open, which theoretically we could think of that as a forward, but we can't because it's not a position game. So uh, I, I love that transitional element that they put in there. And the way that they have it is whoever made the pass, they stay. And then the other three players, because it's a 4v2, they go and now it's a four in that square with the two defenders coming in. And I love this. I love this idea because it really helps teach the players the idea of attract, 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 relieve the pressure, relieve the pressure. And it's kind of like this like big breath when, when we play that long pass, right? Everyone can just kind of breathe and support right away, right? So there's so much that we can work with that. And the way that we've done it is we've done a 3v1 or even a 3v2 plus one, right? So we still get that 4v2 component 
technically, but it's a 3v1 because for me, that 3v1 is the triangle, obviously. And that triangle is so important to us in the game. Why? Because we see it with our goalkeeper and two defenders, right? That's the triangle. And I know, I know, I know, I know. It's I'm thinking about it positionally, and I shouldn't be because that's positional game. But I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And we're really starting to see how it's helping, right? Attract, 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 relieve, right? Fantastic. Okay, so um, that's how they start it. Okay, then they go into um, a 6v3. Uh, now, another version that they have in there is a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It's a 5v2 plus 1, or they call it a 4 uh, a four v2 plus 2. So they have the player. So think about it exactly like you would. Just this is for a picture. Um, again, it's not supposed to be positional, um, but think about it from a goalkeeper to defenders and then two players playing in the middle area. So they have the defenders and the midfielders creating a square, and then they have one as the goalkeeper, theoretically. Okay, that's just a, a, a way. And then again, in the other square, you have another player. So I, I know, I know, I'm that it's not that it's theoretically could be positional but that's not the focus the focus is not positional it's possessional <laughs> um so if we take that and and we shift the concentration of what we're focusing on in that specific rondo then theoretically it's you know it's fine um but yeah they have a they have three here where they have, uh, this is, sorry, the third uh, picture. And it's 6v2 with three, with two lines of three, literally that against two players. So, um, yeah, they have a double rondos as well. Um, and then now we, we start to get into uh, double rondos and and things like that uh, with uh, Rondo by positions and, and positional is something that I'll talk about um, next week, I think, uh, for that. But the shift that we've had, that I've had in the understanding of the Rondo has played a really big part of our focus because I separated it in my mind where I would do, you know, 4v2 and then I would do like a 3v3 plus 2 or, or whatever that is. But I would just call them rondos, right? So to have that terminology to say we start with a rondo and then we get into a positional game, that makes it better. And when I say positional game, then we can start to say, okay, well, we really want to work on building out of the back. So let's talk about the positions that impact that, right? So where it's different when we just talk about the rondos and, and we can talk about, okay, can we just focus on the concept of attract, attract, relieve? Can we focus on the, on the passing, receiving, on the body shape, on the, on the moving, right? The support, advice, the furthest foot, all those things are what we use in the rondos and those are elements that are prerequisites for 
something like the positional game that we do later on in our Wednesday and Friday session. So that's it for today about the Barcelona course uh, and about rondos. Next week, I'm going to transition into uh, positional games and uh, I'll talk about those. And then obviously the last week, we'll go into uh, the last part of this whole kind of, I'll call it a mega rondo series, um, but more kind of small-sided game series. But before... Uh, I end the the show. Uh, I did want to mention something else that I use. It's not a course. It's more a collection of videos that get updated uh, to kind of bridge that gap. Now, these courses that are run by professional clubs like Barcelona uh, that I took, um, you know, I think Ajax has one. There's a bunch out there. They're fantastic. But they don't start at zero. They start at, I don't know, 40%, right, of development because those clubs are not getting players that are brand new to the sport. So if you think about the players that are in La Masia or when I went to Chelsea, for example, the players that are playing in the Chelsea Academy, even at U9, those are players that already have the fundamentals down, right? These are players who can easily pass, easily receive the ball properly, have pretty good 1v1s. I wouldn't say excellent 1v1s. They can shoot. They can do all the fundamental stuff, right? So for these courses, including the Barcelona, you don't get the coaching points that I personally think that you need in youth soccer. But I did want to give you a resource that I use weekly um, and this is how I go from zero to Barcelona right in that step that's missing in between um, I use Joner uh, one-on-one and I'm going to just call this the Joner philosophy um, and he's got a free YouTube so if you look up uh, J-O-N-E-R football uh, he does great stuff there but he actually uses an app. It's called, I think, Playbook. Don't download the Playbook app. Go through his stuff and uh, download it. Now, on that app, his videos are fantastic quality. He updates them pretty uh, consistently. And on top of that, it's not that expensive. I think it's like $7 or $14 a month, something like that. Uh, and it's really, really helpful. Um, I use a lot of his stuff for our second session, which is players who are in that 2014, 15, 16 age group that are still new to passing and receiving. He creates a really good repetitive environment. And for me, there are really three steps in learning any skill. The first one is doing something unopposed. Then there is... Uh, limited opposition, and then there is full opposition. So if you think about the way that we do our one v ones, it's it's that right, and and we learn and sorry, and we learn <laughs> our deceptive dribbling moves. First, we start. The coach is at the front, breaks down the move that's unopposed. Then we go into partner work where there is a little bit of pressure. Right, um, we're not trying to win the ball, and then after that, we go into full one v one. So with 
Joner, we use that as kind of the unopposed philosophy and session planning to get that in our passing and receiving. So he does a really great job. Um, I, I don't get anything for it. Uh, do your research. I, I always tell coaches that uh, even with this Barcelona stuff, listen, I, I'm going to be talking about it, uh, but that's it. You know, I, I can't tell you what to do. Um, I can't tell you if it's worth it. I can't tell you if it's worth spending the money. I can only tell you what works for me. So um, I think the Joner videos are really great. Um, start on YouTube. He has a whole bunch of stuff there and I would follow him for a while. And then if you like what he does like I do and want some extra stuff, want everything organized in the right way, go into the app. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, it, just another good resource for you to kind of look at. Also, most coaches I understand are not like me and don't do this full time. Some of them are parents. Uh, some of them have full time jobs and you don't really have time to come up with a session, right? So I, I understand that. And for the Joner app, he provides everything for you, right? So you can watch it usually 10, 15 minutes, right? You can pop that in, um, during a lunch break or, or whatever it is, just watch it. And then you've got your session ready to go. Um, again, I use his stuff to get my players to that Barcelona standard. So we'll go, uh, Joner for depending on the age group, then we'll go into rondos, then we'll go into position games. And then, uh, and then through that, we'll go position games for for a specific amount of time, and then we'll go into situation games, right? So uh, that's really how we do our Wednesday and Friday, and then Tuesday is our 1v1 sessions where, again... I already talked, I, I just talked about the three steps that we do. Um, so so that's really how we run all of our sessions, right? Um, and the content itself, in my opinion, is the most important thing. Um, structuring it the right way is also very important, obviously, but getting the right sessions is also very important. So uh, follow him, start on YouTube. If you already follow him and you were like, I don't know if his app, it, it's good. I like it. Um, it's cheap. It's good. Uh, very good content. So um, that's it. Yeah, that's it for today. Uh, I keep forgetting to mention this stuff, but uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, please join our Facebook group. I think we have 1.2. Yeah, it's like 1,200 members on that Facebook group. Um, so, uh, you know, you guys are amazing for, for joining that. Uh, uh, this is a new podcast. I know I've been doing podcasts for a long time. If you follow me from coaching soccer weekly, but this is a new one. So we don't really have reviews yet or five star ratings. Uh, so if you can do that for us, uh, that would be really, really appreciated. Um, and also just tell coaches, uh, again, brand new podcast. So, um, people haven't finished the other podcast yet. Uh, I think there's like 300, uh, of that in the coaching soccer weekly. So, uh, please share, um, if you find this helpful at all, and, uh, I will see you next week. And until then enjoy the journey, enjoy the moments, but most importantly, enjoy the game.